Kevin, <clears throat> really glad to be with you uh, these three weeks and uh, share share these thoughts that have developed uh, in my head over the last few years, especially. But but this this topic of of knowing God's will. I mean, ever since uh, each of us became Christians, that's something that we have been concerned about and thinking about. Because the, um, I was going to say to the extent that, but of course, you know, completely God has a will for our lives and, um, and we want to know what that is. Um, but the subject is subtle. Uh, it's nuanced and that's what I've tried to, to share. So just thinking about, um, last week and, uh, the week before to catch us up where we are right now. Uh, and understanding what God's will is for our lives. Um, the, the first, uh, the most straightforward thought is, is that, um, if I'm making a decision about something and if it's covered in scripture, if it's covered in God's moral law, then we obey. And I use the example of marriage. Uh, it is not God's will for me to marry an unbeliever. Uh, that's that's clear from the beginning of scripture through the new testament um <clears throat> so that that's easy in that sense at least easy to know if if uh not easy to obey um but beyond that uh there's a lot of decisions i make most of the decisions i make in my life are are not covered in a, such a straightforward manner in scripture um so if if the the decisions i have to make if they're not clear in the Bible, then, then what do I do? Is, is God offering other guidance? So we looked at the Bible from beginning to end, and uh, we can see that there are lots of ways that God communicated to his people, and even sometimes to not his people. Uh, <clears throat> there was verbal direction, whether that was from angels or God himself, and, and what I call circumstantial signs the circumstances in our life that are uh, arranged to direct us and promptings, uh, stuff that comes from my own head, promptings and desires and this sense of peace, all of those can be used, but I, I give this warning that, but they, they have to be interpreted. It's data and the data does not speak for itself. It has to be interpreted. And we saw the pitfalls of uh, situations where we have to interpret the data, uh, the biases that we have, and, and even what scripture says about our own minds and hearts. And if we follow our own minds, we're fools. Right? Uh, so we have to, that scares me. And we have to be cautious there. Um, and we talked about that. But we also saw <clears throat> there are uh, a lot of occasions. I think there's a lot. Where, where the decision I have to make, I am free to make that choice. And marriage, to be married, or to, who to marry, Paul cites that as an example of this. Uh, so I'm free to make a lot of the decisions that um, come to me. And when that's the case, knowing uh, how frail my mind is, uh, to make unbiased decisions and make decisions that 
God would be pleased with, because that's, that's one thing scripture tells us, live to please him and obey him. So I have to use reason, my thinking ability and discernment, and I do that within the boundaries of God's moral law. And I want, I'd like to know, well, how would, how would my father think about this? So my earthly father uh, reasons pretty well. And I think once in a while in my life, I, I said, well, how would my dad think about this? And think of our heavenly father. He's a good source of how to think. And, and, and then what does he care about? And what I realize is that what he cares about is that I become more like his son. And I, and I, and I should make decisions along those lines. Um, but we are in this position then. Okay, so now I have to make a decision. And it, it would be nice, as I said, if I just had a, you know, had some uh, lots and, and I could cast them uh, and, you know, yes or no. Right? Um, the problem is I wouldn't mature. I would I just wouldn't mature if God made it that easy. And it's um, I wouldn't mature. I wouldn't have to worry about knowing how, how does God think? What does he care about? And since he cares about <laughs> the thing he most cares about is that I become more like his son and that I grow holy. Uh, and this is what we call sanctification. And Jesus said um, uh, that that truth, uh, looking back again to you know, John 17, um, that we're sanctified by truth. And, and his word is truth. So I have to look to that. And this is where we're headed today. I want to say a word about prayer. I, I should have had it in last week's uh, discussion. I had it in this week, but it should have been in last week's discussion. So let me just say, because at this point, when I have to make a decision, um, <clears throat> prayer is, is a critical part of that. And um, this, because this is a decision that uh, should not only come from my mind, as we're going to talk about today. So a couple of thoughts about prayer. Because right about this point, I um, this feels very weighty to me. And I, at the beginning, we said it's, it's per, it can be perplexing, but it's important. And that, uh, that makes me a little nervous and maybe a little fearful uh, about the task ahead of me. So I, I want to talk to God about this. And I would like his input, even if he's leaving the decision up to me. But there is one thing that I've really come to appreciate over this last year as I thought about this and prepared this is let's look at, at a couple of places in scripture. Start with Jesus, the place to start when we're trying to understand something. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, he said this, pray like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name is worshipful, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if I, I, if this decision is up to me, I have to make this decision. I, I know what the guidelines are, but probably imperfectly. Um, and knowing the biases of my own mind that I, I want what I want and the, the potential for me to create this belief in myself that what I want is what God wants. And that way I can justify it. We see that a lot, or we see it a lot in other people. We don't see it that much in ourselves. That is, that's a little scary. Um, but even Jesus <clears throat> said, when you pray, and we'll, 
Even Jesus did this, as we'll see. When you pray, pray, your will be done. And that, is, that just seems so much more important uh, when we think about all the things we've been thinking about these weeks. Because I am likely to come to a poor conclusion or not the best conclusion. James said, you know, in, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. I, 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 I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> some, you. I'll make an appointment with someone and they'll say, Lord willing. Okay. And, and often to me, that means maybe I'll show up, maybe I won't. Um, and that's not what we mean by this, right? Um, but it is a humble thing to say. I guess I should accept, take it that way. We will live and do this or that if the Lord wills. Uh, and, and Jesus in Gethsemane, right? um, <clears throat> when he asks his father, is there another way of doing this? He, he's quick to add, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Is there another way of doing this? Nevertheless, although Jesus is asking, he, he, he says, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And I think when we're making decisions, especially important decisions, and um, we're using reason and discernment and trying to interpret, is there anything that God is communicating to me? And we come to a decision. I, I think it's, it is important to say, but, but Lord, what you want, what you want in all of this, not what I want. Fearing that I may have just come up with um, some crazy idea out of my own head. And, and this is something that, um, that Eli said to Samuel. It, it's the Lord. When Samuel heard the voice, voices, it, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. That, that's, a, that's a good statement. But God, just but do what seems good to you in all of this. So I want to add this idea um, here to our last message that, that of course, praying and praying like this, that in the end, Lord, your will, not mine, because mine can go astray easily. So <clears throat> wisdom. Okay, so we have come to that, uh, this last idea of, of wisdom, that if we're going to make decisions and we're going to discern um, What's the best thing to do? What should I do? Given all the knowledge I do have, wisdom. And uh, I'm going to share a, a number of definitions of wisdom uh, in this hour. But, but here's one I think works really well. The ability to understand God's word and to skillfully apply that understanding to life. Right? So there's two things. One is to understand to have knowledge, and the other is to, to have skill and uh, uh, to use that knowledge. Uh, and, and that's an that's a extremely important concept, of course, is, is life is not just about knowing stuff, but, but it's about applying the stuff we know, and that's wisdom. So <clears throat> I'm going to read from uh, several verses from uh, Proverbs chapter two, we could have looked at Proverbs chapter one or many places in Proverbs and other places in scripture that talk about wisdom, but let's, let's use Proverbs chapter two. My son, 
If you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil. So I'm using this passage to, to try to develop a better understanding. Well, what is wisdom? And, and so I, I think we can look at um, some of the words that accompany uh, wisdom, the, these ideas that go along with wisdom, that th- there's going to be words, there's going to be information and commandments. And the, the word understanding is using is used very often. Uh, insight. Uh, will, will, it, it's like silver. It's, it's of greater value than silver. It, it's a hidden treasure. It's one of the characteristics of, of wisdom is it, it's, it's a hidden treasure. And last time we said, like, why does it, God make this so hard? And there's an easy answer to that is, is we, it, uh, by seeking, we build maturity and understanding and insight and develop that capability ourselves. It has something to do with the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. And we know that the, 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 um, the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God, uprightness, integrity, justice, righteousness, uh, equity, and, that, and this world word pleasant, that the experience of wisdom is, is pleasant to us, and discretion. So these words like discretion and righteousness and justice, so th- these are, this is the, the company that wisdom keeps. Way of his saints versus the way of evil. So wisdom is going to be a way. It's also going to be a way, not just a thing. It's a way. It's, it's a way we are, and it's a way, it's, a, uh, it's what we do. So what does wisdom do? <clears throat> it, re- it receives those words. It treasures those words and commandments. It's attentive, and it, it inclines itself. Your heart, uh, inclining your heart and being attentive. It calls, it raises its voice, it seeks, it searches, it understands, and it fears that this is what wisdom does. It, it gives. There's a giving and a storing up and a walking and a watching and a guarding and delivering. And we, we can see that some of this is what God does, and some of this is what we do. Is it that that we call out and we have and we raise our voice in in desire in in wanting and calling out for something as we attend, we pay attention, we're attentive. Our heart is attentive and inclined in this direction as it seeks, seeks and searches and 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 finds. It will find and receive this treasure. It it will we will treasure. We will treasure. 
as we walk and as we walk in fear. Those, that's what we do. While we do that, God has stored wisdom. He stores and, he, and then he gives from his stores. And he shields us and watches over us. He guards us and he delivers us. So these are the things that accompany wisdom. So I think it gives us more of an idea about what wisdom is beyond just knowledge, applied knowledge. And I wonder if, if we can imagine this in our own lives, that, that this is the way that we would be, that this would be, this is, the wisdom is a way of his saints, that if we can be active like this while God is active like this in, in our own lives, that feels pleasant to me. That was one of the words, right? And here, and, and I think wisdom has a feeling, has feelings associated. It's not just about your head. Uh, or not just about your thinking because wisdom is described says my son eat honey for it is good and I, I i enjoy honey it is good and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste using that analogy know that wisdom is such to your soul that there is this pleasantness like honey plug in something else if you don't like honey this is pleasantness uh, like honey to our soul. That's what wisdom is. Uh, and, and more about wisdom in the New Testament. The wisdom from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and, sinc- and sincere. This is the experience of wisdom in ourselves and uh, and and I when we receive it from others, and I, I think it's important. Um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes I don't know what's right. I don't. That's just how my brain works, and it's hard on me sometimes. I don't know what's right. If it's not in scripture, if it's in scripture, I have a lot of confidence in that, and I really appreciate that we have a source of truth. But outside of that, just it just seems like people and myself just float, float around. Um, but, but this also is a guide to me um, concerning you know, distinct, distinguishing the wisdom of God from the wisdom of the world. It, people speak a lot of truth and often harshly. And it, and maybe, and if I don't know, if I don't know whether you're right or wrong about that, this issue or that issue, sometimes this is the guide I will use. I said, I, I don't know if you're right or wrong, but this is harsh. And, and I know the wisdom from God is not. Um, I mean, it's strong. And sometimes we see Jesus speak very strongly, but we know why he's doing it. But, but the, so if I'm going to participate in wisdom, this is part of what I, I will be. All right, it should be. And I, I think we can also ask, just trying to understand what wisdom is like, what are the wise like? <clears throat> the wise of heart is called discerning and, and sweetness of speech to go along with what we just said. And, and it's, it, it should be persuasive. Wisdom, a good understanding delivered sweetly, this persuasive, the heart of the wise makes his speech judicious. 
give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. This is a feature of, of, a, of the wise person is he or she is teachable. The wise person, you might think, well, he knows everything, but he knows he doesn't know everything and, and remains teachable. You will accept instruction. You will accept influence from other people. Don't you like other people, especially smart people who, who accept influence from others? A man's wisdom makes his face shine. I think that that's about happiness and maybe other things, peace and so forth. His face shines. Other, other passages talk about wise, the wise as being restrained and hardworking and healing and listening and cautious and righteous and good stewards of what they have. That's what the wise are like. <clears throat> so let's talk about wisdom. It's uh, get, getting wisdom. So if we like what that sounds like, that being wise and the helpfulness of wisdom uh, to us, then how do we get how do we get? wisdom. And there are going to be these two foundational elements that we've already discussed a little bit and, um, and that you know from verses like Proverbs 9, 10. The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So at least in the, at the beginning, fear, the fear of God, and knowledge of God. Okay, are the two foundational elements of, of wisdom. Okay. And fear of God, we, we sometimes call reverence. And reverence is an, an attitude, okay? an attitude of respect and honor and veneration and awe. Okay. Uh, and there's more words we can use. And, and people do um, experience awe. I, I know uh, some who uh, will not use that word except for applied to God, but I think, but I think that, uh, and he would be the most uh, awesome, I think, as they used to say, awful thing in the universe. Right? He is the most awesome thing, but there are, but you probably, nonetheless, you probably have experienced this awe um, even from things in the world. Um, I, I told you at one point when I was talking about fear and fearing God, that I had a chance to, drive around the Himalayas for a few days once and seeing those mountains, what felt like up close, probably 30, 40, 50 miles away and, and how they fill the sky and, and you, you just can't help but feel awe. Uh, but, but God is bigger than that. He's the creator of that. And, and we have all experienced this, this awe, um, which, which may also make us feel vulnerable, but, but with God, um, we also feel safe. Uh, and so we have this reverence for God. That is the beginning. So the scriptures are pretty clear about this. It's a famous, these are famous verses. To, to begin to have wisdom, you have to start there with, with these feelings and, and this attitude, this respect for God to the point of, of awe. And, and venerating him. Okay. So that's the start. And we know that the, the wise will seek 
uh, and, and lay up knowledge. So they pursue it and they start piling it up. They're going to start building it up. And Jesus says that everyone who comes to me and hears my word, words and does them is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. So what I think is important about a passage like this and, and other passages that we're, we're to, to also uh, not just learn what um, about God and his commands, but we're to do them, to keep and do them, uh, a verse in De- Deuteronomy says. So who, who, the wise not only lay up knowledge, but as Jesus says, we hear these words and, and then we do them. Okay? And that's what digs deep uh, the foundation for the foundation. So these are foundational elements, the fear and then the laying up and uh, which uh, we get deep roots. Now, here's why I think what Jesus just said there and elsewhere about not just hearing, but doing the word of God, why that's important to obey uh, God, to obey his commandments. Um, I had a, had a professor in, graduate school statistics professor. And uh, he, he made this statement as he was teaching us trainees in economics. It, it's, it's one thing, you know, one type of knowledge is to, to read a book, right? To, to study it out of a book. And then you, you gain a certain level of knowledge about a subject. He said, but to, to learn it better is teach it. Okay. Then, so I have to not just study the book very carefully, but I have to find a way of presenting it also. That is a better learning. But finally, he said, the best way of learning is then to do research, to do it. If you're going to learn economics, then do economics. And I think that is what, um, that's what Jesus is saying, that not just know the word, but obey it. And, And that's where in life, we really learn what God's word means is is because we have to do it. And we may discover this is difficult to do, or we may learn different aspects of it because we're actually doing it. And that's why obedience, not just knowing God's word, but obedience to it is key for understanding God and understanding his word. And then my last thought here, um, I think this has many applications, but, but it's here as well, is the fear of the Lord and, and the knowledge of the Lord. Okay. And fear is, is an emotion, and knowledge is, uh, uh, is a cognition, is, is some information that we have stored. So the, the information is stored and manipulated up here in the front of my brain in the cortex, but the fear of God is stored in another part of my brain, in the middle, in the bottom, and what's called the limbic system. And so there's two parts of my brain working if I fear God and know him. And, and I think generally in life, if we want to accomplish something, we should have both parts of those brains working together. Is not, um, not just 
oh, I, you know, I, I, I think I should lose weight, right? But I really love sweets and bread. And my daughter will say, it's all about the bread in the rabbit of Sienna rabbit of It's all about the bread. So if I'm, if I'm thinking it would be healthy for me to lose weight, but I'm also have all this love or other emotion for things that don't help me do that. Guess who's going to win. And in fact, I think when James says, uh, talks about being double minded, that idea can be applied here. If one part of my brain is saying, do this. And the other part is like, I don't, but I don't want to, then I'm going to be unstable in all my ways because I'm double minded. So what I, what I need to do is to get my whole brain on the same page is you know, I'd like to lose weight. And, and those things, um, at least in the quantities I eat them, are, they're working against me. I don't, I don't like that. You can see if I could get my whole, whole brain on the same page, I might, maybe I'll lose some weight. I won't be double-minded. I'll be single-minded. And when it comes to wisdom, I think that same idea is being applied. Fear God. Reverence him. Hold him in super high regard. And then the words that he speaks, I will obey them. And when, when we don't do that, it's we struggle with sin. God hates sin. God knows this is bad and he hates it. Jesus, when he went into the temple, he, uh, this is wrong. And then he got angry. Right. And I think those are examples of getting your whole brain on the same page and, and then moving forward successfully. Fear God. That's the beginning. And then growing your knowledge of him. And that's the path towards wisdom. That's why not many people are wise. Other ways to become wise. Um, the, the, The wise seek counsel and they accept counsel. As I said, the wise are teachable. They allow influence. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. In abundance of counselors, there is victory. And there are lots of verses that say such things. So the Bible advises that there is is safety in counsel, in a a multitude of counselors. Um, And so when we think that uh, we we have these thoughts that I, I can't trust my, I can't trust my brain. I can't trust my brain only. I can't. I know that I can't because I will, I'm going to do what I want to do. And maybe what I want to do, um, I mean, that's going to be powerful. What I want, what I want is, is powerful. It's a powerful influence over me, even to the point, maybe I'm shutting out this frontal cortex or overwhelming it. I need other brains. I got to bring in other brains. And that's what we're doing when we seek counsel. Brains that won't have the same biases as I have uh, on this decision. And and the Bible says that. God knew this is a problem for us. There's a lot of scripture that says this is a problem for us. So bring in other brains when you're making a decision. And don't rely just on our own brain. 
the modern translation of that verse in Proverbs is my own brain. If I trust my own brain, I'm a fool. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. This is true. The people we hang out with, uh, we will become more like them. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may, that one may turn away from the snares of death. So seeking counsel, hanging out and talking to uh, other people who are wise, people who are wise. And, and the Bible talks about wisdom as a life and death uh, matter uh, in many places. And we have to listen. So in case we might think that, okay, so I can't cast, cast lots. So uh, what I'll do is I'll just ask other people, what should I do? The wise will, will not answer your questions. They will ask you questions. <laughs> and, and in Proverbs 20, verse 4, it says the, the wise draw wisdom, draw information out, uh, out of uh, others. So we have to be willing to, to listen and, and set up uh, an environment where people are willing to talk to us and 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 uh, give us advice if, if we're, when we're seeking it. <clears throat> but of course, um, we can ask. We can ask for ourselves. If any of you lacks wisdom, let, let him ask a God who gives generously, and it will be given him. This is a very good offer. And, and while in Jesus' time, and I think in the Old Testament, uh, people asked for signs. And Jesus reached the point where he's like, no more signs. I've shown you enough. You're making it all about the signs. And he became annoyed with people. No more signs, because that's not good for you. You're just asking me to give you the answer. And that's not how this is going to work anymore. And I think, so I think this is where we're at now is um, James did not say, ask for a sign. He said, ask for wisdom. So you're going to have to do a little work here, but, but God is generous and is, and is willing to give you wisdom and wisdom is knowledge of him and his ways, uh, what he thinks about things and, uh, and the skill to do it. So we can, we can ask for wisdom. So this, of course, part of praying and asking for God's will, praying wisely, so if I feel that I lack wisdom, and we all should feel that, ask God. He will give. And he, he did this with Solomon. Um, it, God, at a number of occasions, said, just ask me. Ask me for something. And he did that with Solomon. And we know this story, so I won't read all this even. But Solomon's, Solomon approaches humbly. He said, but I'm a child. And I got this big job of, of governing your people, Lord. That's a lot of humility and a set of riches and everything else. He asks um, for an understanding mind to govern your people, an understanding in order to do, to skillfully do. And it pleased God, this pleased God. So so we can do the same thing. We should do the same thing. And behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind. And Jesus so many times says, ask, ask. Ask, seek, knock. He says, ask. We can ask for others. 
And I, I, I just think this is such a terrific passage. I wanted to include it <clears throat> that we can also ask wisdom for others. Paul says, we have not ceased to pray for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, asking for others that they would be wise. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is there. But, but all of this doing, being pleasing to him, bearing fruit. So, I mean, this indicates to us too that the need for wisdom because wisdom is the prerequisite for this good stuff. God's knowledge and being able to skillfully apply that. So in all of this, I mean, I, I think this, I mean, you know, the way I feel about this is um, I, I just feel like, so I've gotten closer to the edge of something really big and deep and that I'm, I'm afraid of that. Okay. I've walked around the Alps too with the Wilkes and, and once in a while there's something scary, right? Looking up even or looking down and, um, <clears throat> but, but there, but, but but to the contrary, we can be confident. And, and even though this decision is mine, and, and I know that God is going to help me with this, he will supply wisdom uh, and knowledge. And as I fear him, we can be confident because he is sovereign. And particularly if I, at the end of this, in this decision-making, I say, but Lord, uh, not mine. There There are times when you know, like, wow, this is such a busy day. Maybe, you know, Lord, can you take something out of it? Or like, I hope that person doesn't show up. And I thought, then I, I realized um, this is a little mad. And, and I have to say, God, just don't listen to me. Just do, do what is good. Don't listen to me. Do what is good. But I, I know he's sovereign. The heart of man plans his way, and we should plan. But the Lord establishes his steps, and we can have confidence in that. And, and I'm very glad that God is more powerful than I am. And he knows, uh, you know, that, that whether my ideas are good or not, that, that he, he can, he can still do whatever he wants. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. I'm not going to mess anything up that he is ready to do. So I'm glad about that. And, and the second thing I'm confident about is that it, through all of this uh, process that is intended to mature me, to become more like Jesus, he seeks our good through it. I, I, I know he seeks our, my good. And we know that for all those who love God, all things work together for good. All those circumstances, for those who are called according to his purpose. And so this gives me rest. It gives me rest to my mind as I'm approaching this decision-making. So let me just approach my conclusion here with this, with this analogy. As I as we think about decision-making. And um, so I, 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 don't, um, I don't despise, like Paul says, do not despise prophecies, but test them. So I, I don't despise these things. Um, I probably, I think what I, the way I look at them is 
you know, God has, has done all kinds of things, circumstantial signs, fleeces, lots. He's done all those kinds of things, spoken to people and angels and dreams and visions. He's done all those things. And um, so I don't look down upon those, um, but I do understand they have to be interpreted. And, and one kind of problem I have with heavily depend, relying upon those things or having an expectation that God is going to open enough doors and close enough doors that there'll be one door that I'm going to walk right through uh, because that, that's God's path for my life is that things don't always line up that well. And it causes God's people to delay making decisions that are up to them. Uh, it causes God's people distress <clears throat> thinking about, well, I, but what if someone said to me this a week ago, um, um, but he asked me on a date, but I'm not sure I'm that interested in him, but what if, but what if this is God's man for me? It, and it's, it, that was said in distress. And I said, it's up to you. That's, that's how I read it. You decide. You decide. Yeah, I know, but and then more distress and more delay, and and I think that's a problem uh, in church in the in God's with God's people, and I and I don't think Scripture teaches we need to think like that. We're free of that. We are free of that um, because if we know it's in Scripture and what we should do then we do it. If that guy is an unbeliever, I probably should say no. That was easy. Uh, we're free to make these decisions as long as we know God's word uh, and we know what it says as boundaries, as guidelines for us. <clears throat> and uh, now that puts some responsibility, quite a bit of responsibility on me to know God and his word. Um, <clears throat> but it handles a whole bunch of decision-making in my life. And I'm grateful, as I said, I'm great, really grateful for truth. Um, and, the, and stress goes down, distress. So, um, so that's, this is how I see it. And I think maybe an analogy is in, in a courtroom, there, there's and when a prosecutor is assembling uh, different kinds of evidence, there is circumstantial evidence. And there's uh, testimony, direct testimony. And, and we know that maybe a case could be won on circumstantial evidence alone, but testimony, eyewitness testimony is more powerful information. It's more powerful evidence. And I, and I think in, in some, that's what I'm arguing. And I think that's what scripture argues is, is if God has said this, then that is strong information for making a certain decision. But circumstantial evidence is supporting. It may support that decision. A, a circumstance that comes your way, an open door, a closed door, may draw your attention to a decision that has to be made, something to start thinking about. So it's not that it is unimportant, but it's second. It's the, the, I think the circumstantial evidence is secondary and should support the 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 primary information that we can see in God's word 
and um, help us to make decisions. And then, of course, we have to think all these things through. We have to think it through and talk to others and, and talk to God about it. And even in our talking to God, submit to him, acknowledge him in all our ways and su submit to him. So I think in the end, this idea of knowing God's will it is about knowing God. Let's pray. Lord, uh, everybody listening today, uh, I know, is uh, wants to be able to make good decisions in their lives. And, and Lord, uh, looks to you for help in that area. Uh, and we know, uh, or we know now that it's really, Lord, about knowing you. And you want us to know you uh, in, with intimacy. So we just ask that, Lord, that um, you would bless us with that, help us to uh, understand you better, understand your word, and, and be discerning, and to be able to think clearly, to get help from others, be humble enough to be, get help from others, to be teach, help us to be teachable, um, and uh, ask, Lord, that you would uh, just help us uh, become wiser and to be uh, diligent and becoming wiser, knowing that that also means we become more like you and your son. Amen. <clears throat>